welcome to Night Clerk Radio. This is episode 91, Music from the Hearts of Space and Other Haunted Radio Shows. Hello, space travelers. We're out here in the deep galaxy, roaming through the cosmos, looking for the greatest space music out there. And we found it at the hearts of space. Wow. That's amazing. Russ didn't tell me he was sending you, Mr. Hill. <laughs> I thought I was co-hosting this with Ross Payton. Well, I'm trying. I, I just, I, anytime someone talks about the hearts of space, I am there mm-hmm. in spirit. Mm-hmm. I have possessed him. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not aware, if, the, if this, this, this phrase means nothing to you, the, the hearts of space is a long-standing radio show that began uh, in its original form in 1973, became a syndicated radio show in 1983, and has been going on ever since. It has over 1,300 episodes. There's a website. I think it's just hos.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's its whole thing. And it's been announced and run by the same guy, Stephen Hill, since 1983. And it's mm-hmm. its whole thing is uh, playing well, what they call space music. And a lot of times that's ambient music. Sometimes it's folk music or classical music. You know, recently it's been video game music, you know, like the Minecraft theme, C418. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these things I've just been aware of most of my life because it's all, it, it's broadcast on public radio stations and I would catch bits of it. In my youth. And also their Mystery Science Theater 2000, which I loved as a kid, they made a mm-hmm. joke about it. And I was like, ah, I understand that reference. <laughs> so it's always been like synonymous with me for, you know, ambient space agey kind of new age world music. All of those mm-hmm. generic labels that don't really define <laughs> what music is, you know, in, <laughs> in them. But yeah, I wanted to do this episode because, Burke, you've never even heard of it until recently. Until Mm-mm. I, Yeah. No, I was I was one of the people who, in your intro, would not have known what you're talking about. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. And, like, I didn't even really know what it was, even after you explained it to me, until this episode. So we, like, looked into stuff for this episode mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Because at first, I don't know why. I'm going to blame I probably was distracted or something. I wasn't quite listening to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But when you first explained it to me, it didn't even click that it was, like, an ambient radio show. Like, you talk about Heart Space Week, and, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I had in my head... From your initial description, which you're going to be baffled because it wasn't anything that you said. Like, I thought at first it was like serialized, hmm. like a plot show, like a Doctor oh. Who, like a radio. Oh, yeah. Okay. Serial of like, oh, the hot space. Or it's like radio short fiction about sci-fi. I don't know why I thought that. That was like what I was in the head. And then I looked up episodes of it for this and I was like, this is just music. It's just oh, music. It's just a music show. It's okay. Then it made more sense. Yeah. But yeah, I had I had never heard of it. I didn't really watch Mystery Science Theater very much, and probably not enough to catch some 30-second bit, I think, that you posted a a YouTube link to. Mm -hmm. So definitely would not have seen that. And also, I'm going to blame Tarantino, because Hearts of Space was a favorite of Charles Manson. Spoiler, they're Manson kids in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They should have been listening to Hearts of Space. (laughs) And then I would have known what Hearts of Space is, and wouldn't have to do this embarrassing explainer episode, or you, you tell me about a... (laughs) <laughs> an ambient show from 50 years ago, which I guess, hey, it's 50th anniversary, right? Yeah. So we're actually, actually timing very this topical, pretty well by yeah. accident. Yeah, it's yeah. topical. Also, technically, I had in my head this was like the start of October episodes, like spooky month episodes, but mm-hmm. it's not really very spooky, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe some episodes they maybe have done horror music because it's so varied. Yeah. Thinking through 
the 50 years of episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, unless space is spooky for you. I mean, space then maybe is, you, no one can hear you yeah. scream in space. That's that's I've heard that. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. Yeah. For me, it's fascinating because, you know, I did listen. There were it, like I said, it was on public radio station. I would occasionally watch uh, listen to it, not watch it as mm-hmm. a kid. But it was, you know, on at least on my radio station it was played late at night, you know, like. You know, the the NPR during the day and then they whatever music or, you know, hearts of space and that kind of thing during the night, especially on the weekends. For me, though, it's kind of like the biggest like mainstream representation of ambient music, like as its own thing rather than just background music for, you know, shows and movies and that kind of thing out there. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this is a thing that's showcasing genres of music that are not really like given a platform in in mainstream pop culture, uh, at least in America. Like there's, you know, there's. Tons of, you know, rock and rap and country mm-hmm. and like all the all these other common genres. But like ambient is just like, <laughs> what the fuck? What is that? You know, no one no one will mm-hmm. even acknowledge that it exists. And so it's for me, it's I've always been just like, oh, wow, it's found a foothold and it, it stayed there all this time. Like there's enough of a demand for it. And there probably would be more, you know, without this, would there be this renaissance in the last 10 years? Uh, you know, uh, since streaming became a thing, streaming music and more niche niches and sub genres of music becoming popular. Would there be this sort of like foundation? Would there be this explode? Would dark, you know, did, did uh, uh, Hearts of Space crawl? So dark, your cryo chamber <laughs> and others could walk, you know, I guess is what I'm trying to get across. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's so hard to tie those influences down. I'm sure you would have to ask artists, mm-hmm. you know, especially ones who. I, I guess it's largely aired in North America, mm-hmm. right? So probably not if you're a, a European or you know South American or something. Yeah, um, ambient producer, but maybe maybe you still found it. Maybe it was out there in, in some capacity. And of course, there's lots of other popular ambient through like classical composers, mm-hmm. you know, through the the mid 20th century or like Brian Eno, you know, literally coined the term ambient. So I think there's probably a lot of, of influences, but I I do think it works for what we talk about on the show is like haunted because we do cover ambient and I think there's like a weird little haunted aspect to it, which is not hearts of space specifically, although it certainly counts. I looked into like similar shows because mm-hmm. I'd never heard of it. I'm definitely probably, I don't know if I'm in the minority of not hearing about it, but I, I definitely like Caleb knew what it was. when I mentioned that we were doing an episode on it the other day. He was like, Oh yeah, I used to watch that like all the time as a kid or listen to it rather. and it's interesting because I was looking up similar shows and I think it's funny how many of these other shows, I, I, I guess I'm just going to name one, which is stars end, but there's, there's others are like space themed or like deal with, with space and like some sort of like vastness, mm-hmm. vastness beyond humanity or whatever. And I think, you know, you don't have to get too deep into it, but it, it does make it haunted or ontological because to me, like space or like some sort of space age is like the, ultimate or lost future for us culturally yeah yeah right because like especially there's so much of like a uh, space age technology space age material uh we're dumping 30 percent of our gdp into space in the 60s to beat the commies to the moon and you're gonna see all this this wonderful trickle down technology which have in a lot of ways right we got tang and computers but um it never really has not yet materialized right yeah like, especially once we won the space race, we were like, well, got them. Yeah, we won. 
<laughs> yeah, we won. We don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't get didn't get my explore the the cosmos because there is a lot of that type of imagery. So I think way back when, like ten years at least ago, I really remember, and I should look up the song. I'm gonna do that right now. Is there is like a music video I stumbled across for a laser hawk song. Ooh. And I do not remember which song. It wasn't like a one of their big hits, like Overdrive or, or something. But I really loved the music video because it was all like Soviet space era propaganda like animation. Mm-hmm. And I just remember really liking the uh the animation in that music video. I wish I could remember the song. Oh, it was Cool Breeze. Mm. It was ten years ago, so it's 2013. I'll, I'll I'll put a link to it in the the show notes and the actual song itself doesn't really matter. You know, it's a very, you know, 80s throwback mm-hmm. sort of ambient synth piece. It's not really that ambient. It's like chill, I guess. Chill wave. But yeah, all the all the animation is from 60s era Soviet space propaganda, uh, you know, propaganda. And it's all like people in front of huge command cars and like rockets and stuff and growing life on other planets and <laughs> I, just, I just think of like all of that that sort of propaganda as like as, as kind of the ultimate lost future especially for me i like space i grew up watching a lot of like more optimistic space stuff like star trek next generation and then you look at what you ended up with i, I do think there's like an escapism and a haunted aspect yeah to anything being space themed yeah, no, like if you look back at the 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 history of Hearts of Space, it started mm-hmm. in 1973 in at a radio station in Berkeley, California. And <laughs> so like there is this yeah, this idea, this idealism that comes with like the ambient and synthesizer type music, right? Like that the like especially back in the 70s it was like, "Oh my god, we can make music digitally. We can make music with these machines. We can create new kinds of sounds that have never been heard before and we have to explore mm-hmm. this and we have to Try this out with a buklas and moogs and all this other equipment that's now available mm. to us. And so I think it's this sort of, yeah, like utopian hippie ideal mm-hmm. that is sort of the, the the seeds of this is like we don't listen to the same, same kinds of music we've always listened to. We can we could try something new and we can have, you know, music that is not meant to just be danceable. It is meant to like alter our, you know, our, our mental, you know, our mental landscape, I guess. Mm. And I think, yeah, that 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 better future like this is sort of an optimistic program in its nature because it's all like scrolling through the list of uh, uh, episodes i can just Mm -hmm. see a lot like there's not really much in the way of dark ambient or horror or anything like that but like you know world different focusing on different types of music you know like india or you know sub-saharan africa or winter harmonies and you know ice castles and uh Mm. like touching the sky and desert realms they love realms as a oh yeah yeah and a lot of big realms and they also highlight specific artists but like the the kind of artists you would recognize like when the german ambient artist klaus schultz died like i think last year they they did an episode you know with some of his contemporary works uh, or more, you know, recent works. So, you know, sacred singing metals that's from last year. <laughs> and well, we can go all the way back to like 1992. We get, you know, lands of snow, blue shadows, time of the unicorns. Like, yeah, it's this. Uh, yeah. I think that's sort of what it's rooted in is this idealism. And even though now that's been long forgotten, like it, the vestiges of it are still there. Um, mm. Yeah. Makes it interesting. Like, I, I don't know enough about specific history really no it's probably a little early but i wonder how much of this like coming in 73 in berkeley is out of like a seeming coming collapse of 60s progressive 
Oh yeah, America. Yeah, we have that grand yeah, dissolution. Now you're in like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now you're like in the seventh or eighth year. Of, you know, well, not seventh or eighth year. Sorry, but you're like deep into the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you're starting to see more like conservative pushback. Yeah, how people, you know, the counterculture of the '60s, which and not too dissimilar from kind of being in the '20s. Yeah, you know, the 2020s <laughs> rather, seeing kind of uh, a feeding of some of these these more progressive views. Well, there's a really fascinating uh, interview on their website. It's from 2005, mm-hmm. but he talks. Uh, Stephen Hill talks about the history of it, and a lot of his stuff is like the history of radio itself, like the regulatory environment, like the split between commercial, and non-commercial radio that like happened in the 1960s and Mm -hmm. and like how you know there's a lot of very specific legal and technical uh, or you know technological developments that led to this as well not just the idealism but like it sort of inhabited this like i mean there were lots of radio shows from that time period that were created obviously but like this is like one of the few or maybe the only one that's lasted this long so it obviously had some sort of appeal that these other shows didn't Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, like the 60s were, you know, they had, you know, the great society like and this grand where America is great. We're better than those godless communists. And, you know, we're the land <laughs> of freedom. But then like the then people started like, oh, well, how about civil rights for people of color? Like, oh, well, we weren't meaning that kind yes. of freedom. <laughs> like <laughs> we, we we wanted things to be better for just the people with power, not not necessarily. Uh. And so I think that that kind of friction. Uh, uh, well, we're getting off topic, but yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's a time of transition. Like in pop culture, this unlimited optimism of like 60s mm-hmm. pop culture to this incredible disillusionment of the 1970s. And so people get disillusioned with traditional music. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Is there like a 50 year delusionment cycle? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, oh, man. That just wiped every point I was going to make in response to what you're going to talk. So, yes, I'll just say I agree. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I was I was going to say something else, but I think I think you covered it. Okay. I don't think I have anything to yeah. add. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. So, do we want to talk about the music at all? I mean, this isn't really like a music episode, yeah. but we did listen to some episodes of it. Yeah. Can talk about that. Yeah. So just in general, the Hearts to Space website has a subscription thing where you can, if you sign up and pay, you can listen to all the episodes, but the newest episode, you can always listen for free. And also there's a couple of things on YouTube if you keep searching for them. And uh, yeah, so I think we both listened to the 1984 one which is the two and a half hour one. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, what, yeah. What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> yeah. I liked it. So it'll be in the show notes. Of course, somebody put together, it's called radio program tape from 1984, which I think aired in April around that time. It doesn't have a lot of details. I guess this is something that somebody pieced together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From 83 to 87, I guess. Yeah. It was in one of the, uh, the first episode on it was t- entitled pleasure cruise, which aired in April, mm-hmm. 1983. Yeah. Yep section of the traveler from 1987 but yeah i mean i kind of like wish i'd heard this more as a kid because you know when you're a kid you always uh you're kind of at the mercy of what your parents play mm-hmm. in some sense oh yeah 100 so like you know my my childhood music memories are like you know classic and prog rock because that's what my parents you know that's what my dad like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of three dog night <laughs> but uh yeah and i didn't really even have a, a concept of ambient music until i went to college Basically, the first time Doug, who I've talked about before, was my third eye-opening friend in, in film school. And he introduced me a lot of stuff like Aphex Twin and, and mm-hmm. Brian Eno and all this other ambient stuff. 
that's like really where it came from. But I, that's probably stuck with me since then, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like a lot of other genres have come and gone, you know, like metal phases come in and out or, or hip hop phases come in and out or like punk emo phases mm-hmm. come in and out. That's probably been like a thing I've never stopped liking in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if I, I wonder if like if I'd heard it even earlier. Yeah, I do remember pretty formative. Yeah. Listening to bits of it on my own, like. But I do remember one point where my, you know, my parents were driving. I was in the car, obviously. And like uh, it was night. We uh, were coming back from a trip, a road trip or something. And my dad turned on and just like, what the hell is this? Oh, this is, you know, and made fun of it for like a couple of minutes and turned it off. Like mm-hmm. it is. They call this music, you know, like my dad's very much like mm-hmm. if it's not if it ain't Miles Davis, it's shit. You know, like it's very yeah. particular about his taste uh, music. And he doesn't mm-hmm. listen to that m- much music on his own. He's, he's one of those people who prefers to have the TV on. So it's always like CNN or mm-hmm. something. So I didn't listen to a lot of it. And for me, yeah, my awakening was like discovering Boards of Canada was the big one for me. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. really, I don't remember how I found out about Boards of Canada though. It wasn't. I, it, I don't think it was like a friend. It's like, oh, you need to listen to this. I think it was like finding mm-hmm. it on LimeWire or Napster or something. <laughs> it's be, like a mislabeled real big fish song. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? This is cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like this. Something like that. This is not a virus. <laughs> boards of Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do want to say on this YouTube thing that there is a mm-hmm. in the first comments. They're timestamps, and our boy Vangelis is in the playlist. Um, I, I saw that, yeah, yeah. and it's he's one of the tracks I liked. And before I looked down there, I was like, because like thirty five minutes through fifty minutes, like these three tracks this is Oha, Seroja, mm-hmm. Vangelis, and and Zinkestra. Mm-hmm. That like was like a really good block of experimental mm-hmm. kind of seventies eighties synth that uh, I really like. That part stood out to me. Probably one of the more ambient parts versus later, like the later stuff. It was like more new agey. Yeah. I would think like around the hour to hour and a half mark is uh, much more what I think of as like new age pastiche. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting, but not as, not as interesting. Man, I just love journey synth. I like when, like when the computers make noise. Yeah. I, I am kind of tempted to, I'm going to have to check out their, their subscription thing because I kind of, mm. there's part of me who wants to like do a deep, you know, archive binge of the older episodes. Mm-hmm. Cause it like parts of like the, these, this old episode, like from, you know, 40 years ago is like, oh, this sounds like I could hear this contemporary ambient music to buy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is definitely 80s. This is 80s as fuck. Like this is, uh, <laughs> you know, like there's just, you know, even though the technology has obviously drastically changed over the years, the sounds in a sense have been kind of like, oh, this sounds good. We're going to keep doing it. <laughs> you know, it sounds like this random, you know, 1982 Mm-hmm. synthesizer so we're gonna just emulate that digitally now and it's gonna sound exactly the same thing so it's just like the the big names like the Roland 808 or whatever it's like oh yes mm-hmm. I love the sound of this obscure German synthesizer <laughs> so but they're using kind of the same similar techniques and um, mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool to just see the how it's changed and how it hasn't changed uh, yeah. over the decades one thing I really like that's not not music related mm. but is of the time related is that in the outro calls, he would say that you could send him a dollar and he'd mail you a playlist oh, of that episode. Yeah, yeah I, lo- I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you could, we, we have an information packet you can mail to, you could yeah. get. And it's like, oh man, you, yeah, if you're an ambient fan, you had to be dedicated back then. Like, you, none of this mm-hmm. like convenient streaming options, you know, pull up mm-hmm. Spotify or YouTube or whatever and just like, da da da. 
here here's a six hour playlist of perfectly mm-hmm. curated music. It's no, you had to work for it. You had to pay attention when he gave that address right at the end of the show. And uh, yeah, yeah, put a stamp on an envelope and mail it. Oh, my God. And, it, you know, everything's kind of five, ten bucks a month. But you could listen like for a dollar, mm-hmm. you know, on their I mean, it's free. You can stream for free on their website, but. Well, I think it's only the most recent episode for free. Right. But for a dollar, it's like this week's episode. And then if you get up $10, though, it's all channels, like whole albums, playlists, favorites, like curated playlists he puts together and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm interesting where you can just like, I don't know if I like this. So I can just do like 10 hours for $10 and just do whatever you want. Yeah. For those 10 hours and see what Full you like. Full service, all access. Yeah. I also like yeah. you can just purchase hours of listening. Like <laughs> 15 hours. Funny. Yeah. Just help us yeah i mean they do a lot of good work i mean they used to have like a record label too in the mm-hmm. hearts of space records and apparently stephen hill's still working at a and r to help you know find new artists and produce new compilations mm-hmm. and and they've been doing some other things as well but like yeah he's he's just been out there like any any genre any sort of like scene or really needs people to handle like the back end of stuff like the community logistics and like curation mm-hmm. and and there's sort of like a lot of them are the unsung heroes uh, that keep a genre or tradition of art alive. And Stephen Hill mm-hmm. has been doing good work in terms of keeping this going. Like, where would ambient music be without him? <laughs> like, how many artists have been discovered, got their careers <laughs> started by uh, doing this? Yeah, it's just one of the parts in that that long chain going back to Sati and stuff, I guess, even if you want to get back into the, the influences discussion, you could go probably that far back, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, there's some other interviews and stuff, but I don't know what else. Yeah. Do you look at like, it does mention a couple other shows that are do this Ultima Thule ambient music from, <laughs> I, I linked that cause it's Australian and like, Oh, that's an unfortunate name though. But yeah, it's not one of their better ones. No, yeah. Yeah. Stars and musical star streams echoes. Yeah, I didn't have time to look at any of those, but like it is interesting that they all started in the 80s and they still are and then mm. keep on going since then. So, yeah. like, that was sort of like there is an interesting historical time period where like there's a core audience of ambient music listeners, but there's no way for them to easily find new ambient music because it's not mm-hmm. like charted it's not on tv it's not on mm-hmm. any of the other radio stations right so they like established this mm-hmm. foundation and then they've carried forward ever since yeah i mean to me so one of the other ones these shows that kind of keep going is uh star's end mm-hmm. which is on wxpn i think out of philadelphia so also public radio of course and that's still going it's every it's five hours every morning on sunday from 1 a.m to 6 a.m jeez well, I don't think it's going to be on prime time, you know. But yeah, they say it's a blend of electronic ambient space, chill out, avant-garde, low intensity noise, new age, international spoken word, classical, and that which is considered unclassifiable, <laughs> which is in itself a classification. So, sorry. But yeah, I mean, they have all their episodes up on um, the WXPN.org site. You can just listen to them. There's some delay in posting them because the most recent one is the 27th of August. Mm-hmm. So that's missing a few weeks. So it might take them some time to get it up. And But I think it's the same thing where guys just been doing it since the 70s. Yeah, I, since 76. Yeah, and I love their website. It is very Web 1.0. They still have their MySpace mm-hmm. page uh, link on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which still works. They're still a thing. <laughs> yeah, good uh, for them. Yeah. It is interesting also because the, this 
So we have this little cohort of like ambient radio shows that have been going mm-hmm. on for decades. And it's a very like, again, it's all generational, right? Like it's, it's something just a confluence of historical factors came together to create these shows and keep them going mm-hmm. all this time. But you're never going to like when those DJs like retire or pass away, right? They're never going to like, maybe some one person will carry it on, but they're like, they're not going to continue forever. Probably like it is, it's very much like mm-hmm. all our forms of art are sort of like, just kind of a reminder of that. All of these forms of art are unique to certain like influences and in, like periods of time. You you know, like there, there's always that like, Oh, you couldn't make blazing saddles today. Well, you couldn't make hearts of space today either Yeah, for a lot of different reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that segues into kind of what I was thinking about, mm-hmm. which is the closest analog we have in our time are, are sort of two things, mm-hmm. which is either like, unfortunately like Spotify discovery type playlists or like, user curated ones too right so if we want to we want to stick to user curation right because someone is putting together a hearts of space episode or someone is putting together a star's end episode it's not i don't think procedurally generated mm-hmm. in any capacity so the the two things that compare you know there are people who put together curated playlists of kind of niche things on like spotify mm-hmm. which i've i've found i've been like oh i want to listen to like korean shoegaze or something mm-hmm. and Somebody's probably made a 50 song playlist that you can at least start with. Oh, sure. And figure out what you like. And then the other thing just being is like YouTube, right? I mean, Hearts of Space is functionally the same, serves the same purpose as watching like somebody's hour long playlist or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And somebody's doing that curation, that crate digging, that putting it all together and and putting it out there in like a little unit that you can consume. Mm Mm-hmm. But the problem is, and and pointing to your your point about how you couldn't do it, and like the economic conditions are different, is like there's no one who's really huge doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So for a variety of reasons, I mean, it's fairly thankless. So if you're just doing it for free, because you can't monetize any of those videos on YouTube if you're just putting a bunch of other people's music in them. Mm-hmm. So you're largely doing it for free. So there's no like institutional support to keep doing that unless you really love it. And then the people get busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or life comes up or, or something happens and there's no, there's no institution or a structure or whatever to help that, that show continue to exist. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, it fades away or, or goes away. Cause like, remember like two years ago, there was that channel that was like, um, tardy obscurus JP. Mm-hmm. And they would post all those videos. That oh, were like, right. Yeah. You know, an hour of Japanese city pop to drive, through the fields with yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like Japanese hip hop to fight your enemies too, and like that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those were super popular, but then he was like, Oh yeah, college is really busy. Yeah. So I can't do this mm-hmm. anymore. Sorry. Yeah. And then it's just gone. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like certain types of art, like require like time to build up knowledge. And like, you know, once you learn the basics, there's a lot of subtle, like things you can do to in- mm-hmm. make it better. Right. You know? And, but like, if you don't have, if it's not, in our current capitalist system, if it's not financially supported, like at a certain point, you just have to give up because you can't sustain it. Like unless you're a yeah. member of the idle rich and very few of them are going to like dedicate their life to a craft in that way. Right. Right. And, you know, it's like I just read about the uh, recently. There's there's a type of pasta that's incredibly hard to make. You have to it takes 20 years to learn. There's only three women left in the world who know how to do it. They're all in the same family. They live in San Francisco and they they make it for mm. once a year for a festival. It's like, 
incredible. It's like a woven net of pasta. It's very fine. It takes time. You have to like feel the the dough, and when it gets the right consistency, you have to add salt. It's a whole thing. But like none of the other family members want to learn it because it takes you know twenty fucking years to be master it, right? And that's a lot of time to make a pasta that Mm -hmm. you know when you're hand making it, you can't sell it for that much to sustain you know your livelihood to do it. And yeah, it's just like these rarefied art forms that go away. So like curation and. Steve Hill probably mm-hmm. has mastered a lot of things about picking exactly the right songs and, and, you know, mixing them, you know, and knowing what to say in between segments and uh, that kind of thing that, you know, would take a long time to really master. And like when he retires, who's going to fill those shoes? Uh, what's going to happen to Hearts of Space? And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it is a conundrum that it's very valuable and it's a good art form. And he found a way to make it into a career. But like. There's not like, you know, a school and or or uh, institutional support to crank out more Stephen Hills. Yeah. I mean, I was earnestly surprised that he still did it. Yeah. Like, given how old the show is and, and when he started, I mean, I mean, the dude in the portrait for Star's End also looks like, you know, same guy been doing it since the 70s. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't start it when you're a kid. So you got to be in your, you know, your 60s or 70s. Yep. Is uh, Stephen Hills uh, webpage doesn't even have his like age on it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you assume he's he probably didn't start it as a kid, so he's at least eighteen in nineteen seventy three. So at least yeah, sixty eight now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hope that there's people out there who can carry it on in in some sense. That's that would be an interesting call to action. Is like there's all this revival of obscure, like obscure physical media, right? It's not even obscure anymore to say. But it was for a time. It's like, well, now I get like all these cassettes and I get all these vinyls and I get all these mini discs. They're fine formats, but bring back obscure transmission mediums, mm. right? Stop listening to Spotify and just put on internet radio. Just listen to fucking public radio. You can do it through your browser. You don't even need to get a bunch of hardware. Engage with the obscure transmission form. Oh, not yeah. Just, not just physical media. You know, one of the things I've always wanted to do is I've actually looked into starting an Internet radio station several times and -hmm. like a a shoutcast or an icecast server. And yeah, yeah, I've thought about it. I've never I've never really committed to it, but it is a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I've also like my my fantasy job would be like be the DJ of a, a, a radio station in like a fallout or like. GTA mm-hmm. world, like where I, you know, pick really good music and then I get to have little, you know, like <laughs> narrator bits or, you know, where I'm, you know, talking about the news or what's going on or just, you know, what mm. the courier was spotted out. Yeah. Springs exactly. Yeah. They'll put on big iron on yeah. the hip. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting and, and, and pretty cool. So I know I've talked about it before mm-hmm. in previous episodes, but Hey, it's been like four years of doing this and I'm going to, I'm going to have a growth mindset, Ross, that we have new listeners every episode. Yay. But I think the very first internet project I ever tried to do was uh, a radio station slash music podcast. Mm-hmm. So it was me and my friend denialist who is on our Patreon discord. He was one of our first supporters because he's been my internet friend since like 2001 or something stupid going back to like the fucking penny arcade forums when there's (laughs) like very very long interesting history Mm -hmm. not only for a long time but yeah like 2003 2004 uh it was like right when rss feed started to become a thing we we started the sad robot show which i I know i've talked about before Mm -hmm. but it was all just like indie screamo emo punk 
music and we tried to do it and we tried to do like four or five episodes as like a radio show but the voip technology wasn't there yet Mm. you know like the internet latency was too high like even if you had a good connection like you're ping through something like ventrilo was still like 100 120 Mm -hmm. milliseconds which is just enough to make conversation really stilted like even even us on discord right now we have about like 10 to 20 milliseconds of ping Mm -hmm. and that's actually enough that it does it it can make our conversations sound a little odd just because the timing is slightly very very slightly off Mm -hmm. and you can always tell you can always tell like recorded online versus like recording in person oh sure Um, like that just the energy and the timing is is so different just there's that little offset in communication and and other factors like being in the same room with the person whatever uh but the point is like it it just made every bit awkward because there's like just a little too much delay between us like conversation sounded weird so we transitioned it into like a radio show and did that for a few months but yeah it was just too hard to like go to school (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i mean i wasn't a good student so i didn't put a lot of time into school (laughs) But like, it, yeah, like constantly digging up music and like putting together good playlists and having everything like flow nicely and be interesting and, and have like ebbs and flows of energy and, and feeling and, and like doing that is really, really hard. And so we just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we were just like, this, this is very difficult. So yeah, I, I appreciate how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah, and I would recommend everyone to at least try listening to one episode, uh, the the one we have on YouTube or their latest episode, mm-hmm. wherever you listen to it, and and, and check it out because it's out if there. If you can, yeah. if you can listen to it in a way they know you listen to it, like listen to Stars End on WXPN, mm-hmm. or listen to Hearts of Space on the Hearts of Space website. Let them know. Let them, Let know. them know you like it. Yeah. It makes all that hard work, you know, worth it when people actually say something about it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times when you create something, you you put it out there, you you just get a deafening silence. And yeah, so even even a critique is better than nothing a lot of times, unless yeah. Um, and I'll be listening to some more of it tonight. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. In our next episode, we'll, we are going to be going into full 100% spooky mode mm. with some dark scent. <laughs> You'll love it. I love it. It's going to be another episode of a genre that I don't really know that much about. Mm-hmm. So I'm at least looking forward to learning something. Yeah. I mean, in a way, you already are a fan of dark synth, uh, Burke, because you like John, John Carpenter's movies. And it feels like a good chunk of every dark synth mix I listen to is like, oh, yeah, you you, you like John Carpenter, too. huh? Cool. <laughs> but there's, boom, there's there's some legit boom, grits. Boom. Yeah, there, there's some. Le- boom, <laughs> boom, boom. Bow, bow.
Boom. Got it. There you go. That's the whole episode, folks. There you go. But we'll we'll stretch it out to 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like specialty. Yep. And if you like this, if you want to uh, uh, keep us going, you can join patreon.com slash radio. We have bonus episodes, a lovely discord, a couple other rewards. And yeah, it's it's a cool vibe. And you'll, you'll help Night Clerk keep going on uh, into the foreseeable future. We are on at Twitter uh, and Blue Sky now at Night Clerk Radio. I'm at Ross Payton. Burke is at Burke McBurkinson. Uh, we have a website, nightclerkradio.com, Facebook page. So, yeah, you have ways to reach us. And please rate and review our podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever. We did. I just checked up on our reviews on Apple recently. Oh, Apple, you posted. Yeah, that. yeah. And it's uh, very positive. Yeah, people have varying opinions on how many samples we should play. Versus uh, just discussion, some more, some less. So we'll, I don't know what we're going to do with that. <laughs> just, not a consensus, <laughs> but put your voice in there. Should we play more samples? Should we play fewer? Uh, or is it just I mean, right? Reviews from 2020. So fuck. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you still read it, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Opinions vary, <laughs> but we appreciate it all the same. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and until then, we'll be uh, out there in, in space listening. And I hope you will be too. Bye.